Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the 12 by 12 Picture Book Writing Challenge. This month, I'm excited to welcome our newest sponsor, 12 by 12 Picture book authors need to be fairly prolific to be published. That's why members of 12 by 12 aim to write one picture book draft a month. Through an online forum, monthly webinars, a private Facebook group, and more, members enjoy the accountability, support, and motivation of a fantastic community of authors and illustrators. Registration is only open in January and February. Visit 12by12challenge.com slash membership for more information. That's 12x12challenge.com slash membership. Support also comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. You know, I think in terms of just making progress uh, in our country, that what you're doing, I think it just so... Uh, important and I wish and Cheryl and I both that more educators and librarians would, would do that you know uh, take the initiative to do things that are different uh, and that are more uh, student friendly uh, and, and student directed rather than doing what the adults want to do what does it look like to empower our young people for today's guests, it looks like gathering close everyone you know and sharing in the collective wisdom of experience and love. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 486. I'm your host, Matthew Winner, and today I'm joined by Cheryl Willis-Hudson and Wade Hudson. Our focus today is on We Rise, We Resist, We Raise Our Voices, an anthology of stories, poems, art, and photographs created by contributions from many, many diverse voices, all centered around some very, very special people, namely our children and our students. Cheryl and Wade founded Just Us Books in 1988 and last year celebrated 30 years of changing the face of publishing by being the only Black-owned publisher that specializes in Black-centered stories. We Rise, We Resist, We Raise Our Voices is a book that absolutely transformed our library, setting a blaze of fire in my students that I had not yet seen before, but one that I knew they each carried in them. It's a book for every reader, adults especially included, and it's one that I feel has the power to illuminate the life of anyone who reads it. Cheryl, 
Wade, and I each share favorite passages and poems from the book, so consider this a -a one-of-a-kind story time you'll want to revisit with others whenever you need it. Please welcome my guests, Cheryl Willis Hudson and Wade Hudson, editors of We Rise, We Resist, We Raise Our Voices. I'm Cheryl Willis Hudson, and I'm she. I'm Wade Hudson, and I am he. And I am glad that you are both here tonight to talk to me about We Rise, We Resist, We Raise Our Voices, a book that you both know because we have talked a fair amount before recording, but you both know I am going to have a hard time staying calm (laughs) throughout this conversation. (laughs) Just use your voice. (laughs) You know that's going to happen. I am so grateful to have had the opportunity not only to read this book, and might I also point out, not only to listen to the audiobook of this book, which is exquisite. I love this audiobook. But also I'm grateful to have met you both in Baltimore, my hometown for the Baltimore Book Fest. Yes, the Baltimore yes, Book Fest. Yes, so that was yes. wonderful. Isn't that great? And then from there, brought back We Rise to my school. And it became, as you know, but I'll tell the listeners, as, as you know, it became a force in my school when it was one of the 16 books I selected for our mock Coretta Scott King. And then it just proceeded to go through and through and through the brackets. And all the students were saying, when can I check out this book? When can I take it home with me? I... I know you put in so much thought into this book, and I want to unpack it all. But first, I want to unpack that we love, we at Swansfield Elementary, we love this book. We love the individuals you included in this book. We love what this book says to me as a teacher, to them as students, as as our future, all of it. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Wade, because it is, it is something that really has, has echoed inside all of our hearts. Well, thank you so much, uh, Matthew, for supporting us and for offering our book uh, to uh, the students there. And uh, again, we we are living in uh, challenging times uh, right now. And I think that it's so important that we help to empower our young young people to uh, provide them with hope and, and uh, let them know that they are loved. And, and that is why we decided to do this book and to invite some of our friends uh, to share some words of wisdom uh, as well. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful, even though the time that we're living in is challenging, I am hopeful because of people like you, Matthew, and others that we've met uh, as we promoted this book who are doing some really great work um, to to lift their voices and to uh, raise their voices. So when did this idea, no, let me back up, not, not, not first to the seat of this idea, but Cheryl, would you mind, for those that haven't become acquainted with this book yet, would you mind uh, introducing this book, telling a little bit about what it is when someone finds it on the bookshelf? Well, when you look at the book, um, the first thing you'll see is a striking cover, and uh, the cover is just the title, but it includes all of the names of all of the contributors. So first of all, this book is made up of a diverse body of voices, age-wise, sexual orientation-wise, nationality, um, styles of art, 
different kinds of voices. And in within those voices, there's vision, too. So it's a graphic book. Every page of the book is filled with text and illustrations. So no matter where you open the book, you will find almost a complete story, a complete uh, vision, a complete um, lesson uh, that comes from uh, a creator of, of books for children. So we're very uh, happy that we've worked with some of these um um, actually, we've worked with most of the authors and illustrators before in some capacity, whether they were um, wow. published by us or in uh, workshops with us or in writing groups with us um, over the course of the 30 years that we've been involved in publishing. So really, it was a, a wonderful uh, experience uh, to, to put this book together. And the impetus came from actually from from Wade's uh, direct experience with our niece and grandniece. And he can tell you a little bit more about that in terms of what the content is, but their letters, their poems, their uh, photo collages, watercolors, uh, cut paper, um, there's diversity all around. But it started that close to the chest with, with family, with your niece. That's to know that it was that close because ultimately the book is so universal. I love that the idea started there. Wade, please tell on. You know, actually, uh, I was on Facebook um, the, a day after the election in 2000, uh, 2016, the presidential election. And, uh, you know, every all, all, all of my Facebook friends were uh, upset about the election and really surprised at the results. And I ran across a post that my uh, niece had written about her daughter, and her daughter was like really devastated. Uh, she had heard all of the nasty, vile things that uh, Trump had said uh, about people of color, about women, uh, you know, immigrants. And, and so she was afraid. You know, she was afraid of what may happen to her. She was afraid about her future and the future of her friends. And so my niece said, well, I really couldn't console her. And I started thinking after reading that post that there probably are a lot of other children who feel the same way. So that sort of uh, was the genesis of, of the idea for uh, doing this anthology. So, and then I thought, what could we do to really encourage them to offer words of love and support? And so we thought about inviting some of our friends that we've known over the years uh, to share uh, uh, in this anthology to offer words of support and, and, and love and, and, and comfort as well. And uh, once we put the proposal together, uh, we sent out uh, the proposal to a number of them, and they responded enthusiastically. I mean, and they were upset <laughs> as well. They were upset as well because, because obviously they were concerned about the future of our country too. And so many of, most of them had so much to say. Uh, and for example, um, I think Rita Williams Garcia responded within a week with her her selection. Uh, James Ransom um, also he said, "You count me in," and uh, he said, "I also in please include my wife. She she's she's concerned as well." And so the 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 support and the enthusiasm was like across the board. And um, you know, actually we had to, we had to to um, to cut our list to pare our list down. We had so much. Uh, uh, response and people wanting to, to be a part of it. And all of these individuals f in, in, in so much fighting hate by making art and by 
using love to comfort, to show up, to connect, to say, I've been there too. I've been marginalized. I've felt unsafe. I've felt weak, but you're strong to affirm in children that, I mean, it is amazing. It doesn't surprise me. And yet I read this book and am surprised. I am awoken. It's beautiful. It felt to be frank, it felt like this book in it gave me strength to mm-hmm. be vulnerable with my students and to say, I care about you this much. I love you and believe in you this much because that's what your voices were saying to them. There was so much courage and strength in those voices you gathered. Well, you know, the thing about it is that all of the contributors um are such masters of their their craft. Uh, when you think about Jacqueline Woodson, what she did was she wrote a letter to her children. You know, what I want you to do is to be kind. Anytime I, when I kiss you, when I say goodbye to you in the morning, remember that's what you need to do. Um, be kind because the world is out there and you have to respond to the world and what you put out to the world will come back to you. And I think everyone took that approach um, either from the art, which usually came after the the, the words, uh, but sometimes the, the art came right along with the words. So when you got working with people who are really creators for children, they have the child at heart and they spoke directly to the children, the audience that they've been speaking to throughout their individual works uh, themselves. And actually, uh, Matthew, the original title of the book uh, was what shall we tell the children? Uh, we ended up changing the title once we uh, partnered with Crown Books, but that was the that was the question that we posed to all of the uh, contributors, and every one of them said that question really helped them just to open up and to really delve into their own experiences uh, in writing their their piece. Um, so I mean, what what? What shall we tell the children about what's going on? You know, how can we encourage them? You know, how can we um, offer love and and to let them know that in spite of what's going on, that it will be all right. We will get through this. And so, again, many of them wrote about their experiences and what they had gone through as well. And they've gone and they actually came through uh, whole, came through uh, feeling um that they had been victorious as well. Oh, do you mind? I mean, I can't think of a better time to to read this opening poem, What Shall We Tell You? The one that you wrote, but also the one that Floyd Cooper made the most precious, strong, beautiful illustration for this. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, Floyd and I have collaborated uh, on a couple of books before, um, we did a, a, a poetry book. Um, what was the title? Um, Pass It On. Pass It On. Pass It On. African American Poetry for Children. Floyd illustrated that book. And then we did a second book, How Sweet to Sound African American Songs for Children. So, uh, Floyd, Cheryl, and I go way back. <laughs> so, this is What Shall We Tell You? What shall we tell you when our world sometimes seems dark? and uninviting. What shall we tell you when hateful words that wound and bully are thrown like bricks against a wall? 
shattering into the breeze. What shall we tell you when respect for others and treating others as we wish to be treated appear as yesterday's borrowed wish? What shall we tell you when our differences are juggled like fragile eggs that could be smashed at a moment's impulse? What shall we tell you? What shall we tell you? We shall tell you that love like cream and milk will rise to the top and hatred and distrust will be revealed as impostors. We shall tell you that peace desirable like a restful night after a long day at play is not far away. Reach for it. We shall tell you that respect for others like a delicious ice cream bar dripping on holding fingers tastes better than contempt. We shall tell you that we love you, all of you, and because we love you, we will be there to help bring light to dark places. We will be there with peace and justice as our weapons and love as a soothing salve to comfort and embrace. We shall tell you that because we will be there for you, always be there for you, it will be all right. It will be all right. Did you have that poem written prior to reaching out to your friends, to these collaborators? You said you had the question there, that that was the question you sent out. When did the poem come? Actually, uh, I did write the poem uh, before sending out the proposal, but we sort of reworked it and, and kept working on it. But I had drafted uh, uh, drafted a BS before the uh, proposal went out. But the, the contributors did not see the poem. They only saw the Yeah, they just responded to, to, the, the, question. to the question. And what's, what's so interesting is that no two contributors had the same thing to say. <laughs> I am smiling ear to ear because that that's the confounding thing, Cheryl. Yeah, and this is out of fifty-two people, right. well, fifty-two including Wade and myself. This and right, is... we, we didn't have, we didn't have to say what you, um, to any of them that you are addressing the same subject matter or the same topic. Everyone this... was just so different, but yet so poignant and so right on 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 on, on time. This is the masterclass that you gathered. You give a <laughs> writing prompt to your masterclass. And they don't all think the same way. They mm -hmm. think, well, maybe they kind of do think the same way in that they think inward. And because yeah. when we think inward, we're different. We're the same but different. Mm -hmm. You come out with these different beautiful things. I, I, The entry points to this book, this collection, because of how different everything is, is astounding to me. When I read it to children... We started with your poem, but we leafed through. My students uh, during book selection following our read aloud leafed to other pages that, that drew them in. Mm -hmm. They're flipping through and they're seeing collage work and they're seeing photographs and they're seeing historic mm -hmm. photos and that all of the entry points that just entice. Do you like the way these words look on the page? Because they're a poem, because they're a shape, because they're a song, because they're a story. Mm. It, it just is, it, it's, it's outstanding to me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I, I wonder, I can't, mostly because I can't imagine um, what the experience was like for you as 
things started coming in as you started working to organize to lay out this book how how did you uh manage the whole well, thing organize the whole thing well well you, you know it's uh, wade wade says i'm i'm i love to direct things which is true <laughs> <laughs> and as as an editorial slash art director this was just pure joy oh. for me um and and I started out in educational publishing with the textbook materials where you have to have the scope and the sequence and you've got to fit so much stuff within a lesson that I tend to think of things as a, a kind, sort of compartmentalized, but in an organized fashion. And we knew that we wanted the book to appeal to um, kids between eight and 12, but we wanted to use graphics because uh, visual literacy is just as important as uh, textual and contextual literacy. So we started out with kind of a, a plan that um, the entries would be relatively short. They could be contained within a spread. Um, and that helped a lot to kind of control what we were doing and that we couldn't, we started out with 48 pages, ended up being twice as long uh, but couldn't we couldn't turn some things uh, away so um pairing the text with a particular illustrator that matched uh, a style or sensibility uh is always fun but we had some natural pairings that came together James Ransom and Lisa Klein Ransom a husband and wife and they have worked on projects together so they collaborated on Lisa's poem next uh, uh Carol Boston Weatherford uh really wanted to work with her son who her is son. Uh, yeah. uh, an artist uh a visual artist and also uh, a hip hop artist so they did a collaboration on the golden rule uh and so forth people you know Kwame Alexander and Equa Holmes um <laughs> were you know they had done work together and it didn't always work out exactly the way that we would have had but we kind of had certain people in mind pairing them uh together and because um of that sensibility there was really not a lot of editing that had to be done they people knew that it had to be 400 words or less and a poem was a little bit easier because usually a poem is not that long. Uh, the the idea of where they went within the story and the flow, we know, knew that Wade's uh, selection with Floyd had to be first and we had to have a strong uh, ending. Uh, so that kind of determined and the ending was determined with really with Jason Reynolds because he was the last one to get his pieces. Well, Jason is so busy. He's, he's always on and, the go. And oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, and also we recognize early on that each, each piece um, would provide a specific experience, you know, and, and, um, and each would, would, would hold up uh, uh, as a, uh, Peace that moves and motivates uh, people, uh, and so we recognize that we wanted to make sure that we kept that that flow uh, as we hooked the reader uh, from the beginning, uh, taking them to different places, but having that unifying theme that for children that we love you, we're here to support you. Uh, we've been through this before. Here's some nuggets uh, that you can take with you to help nurture yourselves and to feel good about 
where you are, even though you're facing challenges now. So that was the, the overall arch of it and the thread that sort of held held all of them together. And and also we wanted to make sure that it was um, diverse in terms of boys and, and girls. And um, uh, there are two, uh, three actual Native uh, American uh, authors and illustrators. We wanted to um, make sure that there were photographs of children that make up the diversity of our country. So there are children of color as well as white children in this book. Uh, We talk about government. We talk about personal responsibility. We talk about family. We talk about friends. Uh, So all of the kinds of uh, issues and concerns that uh, are addressed in most children's books uh, are addressed here, but you've got it in, in, in multiple scale. Compilation, yeah. Yeah. Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month, they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds. Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Whether it's treasure hunts or DIY musical instruments, the goal of the included activities is to make the stories come alive for both children and families. Each box is built around one to two books of the month that feature strong female characters and or people of color. Go to littlefeminist.com and use the coupon code WINNER for $5 off when you order or click on the link at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast to get started today. Raise good humans one children's book at a time. And from Viz Media. Viz is excited to announce that Pokemon Adventures, the most popular and longest-running Pokemon comic, is now available digitally. Visit viz.com slash Pokemon to read a free preview of the beloved All Ages series. That's viz.com slash Pokemon. I want you to consider um, some of your... Uh, pieces that you feel like are are ones that you are sharing often with students as you visit schools or ones that uh, you want to make sure that we highlight in our conversation. Um, And while you're considering that, I would love to share We've Got You by Pat Cummings and how beautiful I think its juxtaposition with How to Pass the Test by Hannah Kahn in this book Mm -hmm. is just... It's amazing. And then one that I really admired, we have this poem that I'm about to read that um, is something of of the adult talking to the child, affirming their strength. And then we go into that child being on their own at school, finding that strength at school to um, to know that we can combat hate with love mm-hmm. in, in different ways. Let me just read here. Uh, and, oh, I should say, Cheryl, by all means, if there's something that you also would love to read, share, um, definitely I want to hear that. Uh, here's Pat's words. The storm is coming. There's always a storm. But we've got you. We've weathered the fury you're heading into, and we know how to shelter, how to gather force. We've seen where the storm is weak, We've got you. So tuck in, stay close, grow strong. We're here, your wind. And you, you're our coming storm. 
Mm. Now, isn't that a that's perfect, beauty, yeah. perfect poem? <laughs> that, yeah. the, that's, that poem flips. Oh, I love it. Yeah. The illustration is so wonderful because, uh, and again, there's so much diversity in the illustration. Uh, Pat is a master teacher. She's written books. She's illustrated books. And what she's used is collage of newspaper articles about children and in and newspaper articles become the faces of those children. So you can read the poem and then you can read the articles within read the, the art headlines. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. Everything just positioned just so so that mm. you can read it. And then to turn the page and to in almost stark contrast you have two photographs, a girl looking at a phone and then looking out over the phone and this uh this affirmation of if they call you Muslim, they say it the wrong way. If they don't understand what that means, if they come with these biases, here's what you do. I love that. Here's what you do. And the here's what you do is not like, let me go tell you what to do, child. But it is, you already know what to do. Let me affirm yeah. it in you. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, it was a, it was mm-hmm. a wonderful thing to have Hannah Khan to uh, participate in this project. And it was very important to have the voice of someone who is Muslim. Uh, Hannah has a Pakistani background. She's an American who's raised in this country, really. Actually, she's raised right around the Washington, D.C. She's a neighbor of mine. Yeah, she's in Silver Spring. (laughs) And, and, you know, the thing about stereotypes is that they are uh, insidious uh, there's so many of them that we hold on to, and, and you don't even know where they they come from. But uh, and and in terms of responding to people who throw out uh, these invaders who are coming into our country, these are terrorists. These are, I mean, that's not what uh, Islam is a, a a religion of of peace. And it was very important to have a photograph of a child whose faith is. Islam. Uh, in this case, I think the the little girl um, is the the child of one of our son, who is the photographer. Stefan Hudson is a photographer, um, and I think she's Bengali. Um, to say that a, a, a child who has a, a Muslim uh, faith is it, just like any other child who plays with the telephone, who you know paints her fingernails, who eats ice cream. So you can break down barriers just by seeing who your neighbors are, who your friends are, if you really look at them and take time to understand. And it is not a test, but she gives us instructions as to how to pass it. And it is about knowing more about each other. Uh, And I think uh, one of the major problems that we face today in this country is that so many of us know little about other people who are different from us. And that's a major, major challenge, even for our young children who are growing up Many of them uh, I've shared ex- an, an experience uh, that happened to me. Oh, this must have been like 10 or 15 years ago. I was invited to speak to a group of students uh, in Missouri. I won't say what city. And it was a large gym, and it was packed with, with kids. But all of the kids were white. I didn't see any, any uh, uh, children of color there. And... For many of these kids, I think that that was the first opportunity they had to see a a black person uh, address them. And so they were sort of curious and someone was snickering. Uh, so at the end of the uh, presentation that I did, uh, 
while I was signing uh, autographing the books, uh, this little girl came up, white girl. She was like nine years of age. And she said, Mr. Hudson, don't pay these these people any attention. They're a bunch of racists. And this is like a, a nine-year-old girl saying this. And so she's being very perceptive because apparently she probably had heard uh, some some negative uh, comments from some of the students around her uh, as I was speaking, you know. So for many of these kids, again, they probably uh, had been holding on to stereotypes. And so here I was probably helping them to confront some of those stereotypes. And they didn't really know what how to respond to it. Many of them. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, you know, you could read this entire thing. But when you think about those kids facing each other... I want the people, the educators listening to this interview to hear that, like, these are the words that are waiting from these authors for our children and how incredibly powerful it is. Hannah says right in the middle of her, uh, her essay, tell them that hatred and ignorance of all types fuel craziness. And that includes bullying and discrimination against innocent Muslims right here. You are not at fault for the twisted actions of others. You Mm -hmm. have done nothing wrong. Yes. yes, And it's really important that each one of these essays or poems or letters is really speaking directly to the child who's reading it. And so there's someone who's experienced this. That there, there are lots of kids who experience the, the the emotions that are expressed in these selections. Yeah. Tamika Fry Brown's uh, poem is also uh, excellent. I think. Where are the good people? Okay. Um, yeah. You want to read this? Or you want me to read where, this? Where are the good people? And this is illustrated by Inosanto Nagara. Life's not always fair, and sometimes it's scary when safe spaces aren't safe when protectors harm us, when leaders try to lead us toward fear and hate. There's nothing fair or reassuring about that. Maybe it would be helpful to know that these aren't the first troubling times our world has seen, that none has ever lasted forever. Tyrants rise and fall, bad guys win, then lose. Evil gets overtaken by good when good people stand together against it. Who And where are the good people? They're all around us, every day, telling truths, seeking justice, persisting. They are the helpers, the listeners, the lovers of everyone. There are more good people than not. They will win. We will win if we believe and don't get tired of believing. Change makers, that's what they'll call us. Tomorrow, from now, if you and I fight for fairness starting today, do you believe that we can? I do too. Action is power. Let's get to work. Ugh, I yeah. do too. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah that- so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much good stuff in here. Yeah. I, I, I really, like, really, you could just sit and read the entire thing. Uh, we could go to a random page. It's that, I mean, what a beautiful gift. What a beautiful gift. Uh, yeah, what, that that poem, Cheryl. What else in there? I I know that there are certain things that you're sharing when you're visiting schools. What else in there jumps out to you personally? I I love there are two two that I love in particular. One is a poem by um, Denise Lewis Patrick. You are here. Period. Yes. 
Um, and that really is just a directive that says no matter where you, we're on a continuum, we're on a long line of history. And some of these uh, poems and essays and selections really they reiterate some of the same themes that we are part of a continuum that it's, you know, they rise, things rise and fall. There's good, there's bad. Uh, it's not always going to be this way. Um, and I like that because it's, uh, I like the illustration. Um, it, you know, shows uh, a protest march, but it actually a march of, of history through time. But I also like Roy Boney's piece, uh, that you mentioned, uh, tell it in your own way. Roy Boney is, um, uh, a, a member of the Cherokee Nation, and what he has done is worked with language and symbolism of Sequoia, who um, was someone who is a part of history and you'll read about in history books. But because he's a graphic artist, he's able to depict Native Americans in a way that you would, like the Simpsons, in a way that you would not traditionally think of Native Americans when you think about the cowboys and Indians, which are stereotypes. So those really resonate with me. You know, one of the powerful things about that as well is that looking at investigating that art with the students, um, we right away came up with a couple other stereotypes on The Simpsons. Um, mm. And to have them be aware of that and recognize how harmful that is, how mm. at whose expense are we making this joke? I think mm -hmm. is the, the language we ended up coming back to on it. Mm -hmm. um, they're just, yeah, I mean... The, to to constantly be talking up to these children in this mm -hmm. book, always talking up, always saying, you're ready for this. There's a world out there that you see. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how you fit into this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's yeah. Great. And, and Zeta uh you too can fly. Oh, I it's love a, that one. Yeah. 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 Do not forget to marvel at the wonders of the world. When senseless shadows gather and fear clutches your tender heart, remember the fiercest dragons emerge from the darkest depths and a single star sparkling in the sable sky may guide you to your destiny. When others attempt to school you in the ways of cruelty, learn lessons from Aesop's clever crow. Open your third eye to see past the ruins and envision a better world. When the struggle to survive leaves you breathless, know that we have outpaced hounds and tunneled through mountains of despair to emerge unbowed and free. The whip could not break us. The news could not choke our joy. When our ancestors had to cheek through, cheek left to turn, they walked into the sea or stepped into the sky. Remember, you too can fly. Ah. <sighs> So we've got, we're almost halfway into the school year. This book came out. You're visiting schools. You're doing this thing. This is such a good thing. I hope it just continues and continues, grows and grows. I mean, let's be honest. I hope with all these extra submissions you have lying around that you make a second book. But <laughs> Matthew, we are working on a anthology. Uh, we're working on that. I love that. But yeah. I, I want to make sure that I also, before we go, because I'm watching our time, I want to make sure that I also acknowledge where you both come from, specifically in children's literature, with Just Us Books. This work that for 30 years I know you've been uh, doing work uh, with this uh, publishing house, and you've you've made a mark. And um, 
And so first I just want to say congratulations on your anniversary. Uh, I, I can only imagine it's been a great journey, but to know what you're doing now, even still is just, it's, it's definitely something worth applause. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What was the impetus behind starting Just Us Books? Well, we recognize this was more than 30 years ago, uh, that there was a need for uh, books that reflect the black experience, black culture and black history. There were very few being published at the time. And so Cheryl and I had written several manuscripts together and we had submitted them to a number of major publishing houses. And uh, we were turned down. In fact, one editor told us that there was no market for these kinds of books. And then someone else said, that black people don't buy books, although we knew our books weren't just for black people. So rather than continuing to knock on the door and trying to uh, force them to give us opportunities, we decided we would start our own publishing company. And uh, we invested our own savings uh, and um, sort of learned the business as we as we went along, because during this time, you know, people were not people in publishing did not readily share uh, uh, resources or information, uh, we had to like learn by doing. Um, we published our first book, the Afrobest ABC book, which Cheryl wrote. Uh, actually, we published it before we started our company. We published that book in 1987. We printed 5,000 copies, and uh, we had sold those 5,000 copies uh, almost in a little under. Uh, three months. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So we knew and we. And this was we, without being in bookstores. Uh, yeah, we mo- mostly we we sold through direct mail. Uh, we actually took the book to the marketplace rather than depending upon distributors and wholesalers to reach the market. We went to the market ourselves. Uh, church groups, uh, fraternities, daycare uh, daycare centers, yeah. uh, and. After we published the Alphabet's ABC book, uh, we did the uh, the counting book, the Alphabet's one, two, three book, Book of Black Heroes, and each with each printing, you know, the book sold out. So we knew that we were on to something, and um, right, we still are the only, as far as we know, the only black-owned uh, publishing company that specializes in uh, black interest books for children. Although we now have an imprint called Marimba Books. Uh, that publishes uh, uh, multicultural books as well. But but one of the things when people ask us is the, is the is the name Justice Books a, a kind of a, a keyword or symbolic of Justice Books? But it really was just us, Wade and myself. And when we were trying to think of a name of for the company, uh, we said, "Oh, just us." It's oh, just us. Okay. <laughs> Just us. And, and over the years, we've had there are more people we rely on freelancers and we have a staff, um, but it has grown. So we're very uh, thankful for, for the blessing and the gift of, of actual rejection from um, uh, the major publishing companies, which brings us sort of back to the point that you we do have our own voices. And sometimes you have a gift that you're not necessarily using because you're looking for the answer to your questions elsewhere. And we both had skills in writing and in publishing. And uh, we said, well, if, if not us, who's going to do it? So it, it became um, 
uh, it has become an, an institution, but it's still very close to our, our hearts. And actually, you know, we we um, we are standing on shoulders of those who came before us. And, um, you know, uh, black publishing has a uh, a rich legacy uh, because uh, black people have always had a problem getting um, their works published uh, by mainstream publishing companies. So. Uh, whether it was through uh, black churches that set up uh, publishing houses, um, whether it was um, individual efforts like Langston Hughes, uh, others who sold books in the uh, the back of his car, uh, we had to 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 really just get back to the community and 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 build institutions ourselves to uh, offer uh, opportunities. And again, as Cheryl was saying. There are so many talented people, uh, whether they're writers, whether they're singers, whatever it is, that never get the opportunity to find a platform or forum to uh, express those talents and gifts that they have. Um, And uh, so we feel blessed to not only um, publish our own work, but to publish the works of others who may not have gotten an opportunity. Uh, We were one of the first publishers to, um, to discover Sharon Draper. Oh, you know? nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's lots of, there are lots of, of personal stories yeah. here. And Draper is one of the contributors <laughs> to this. We, we published her uh, first three uh, books, uh, the, uh, Zigging, Zigging the Black, Black Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Um, and actually, that uh, series came out of uh, personal experience with our son, Stefan, who was not an eager reader at all uh, growing up. And uh, Stefan and Keturah would both come to the office uh, with us and we put them to to work. So they had on the job training. And in order to kind of get him to be interested in in reading more, we have him go through the slush pile. And we said, you know, you just all you have to do is read one page of the manuscript. And if you like it, just let us know. So he would go through the manuscript and, you know, determine not to like anything that he read. (laughs) (laughs) But. Sharon Draper's manuscript was one that caught his eye. And we said, if Stefan gets through the first page of this, then a lot of other boys are going to like this manuscript as well. So we took a closer look and um, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, and I think also, um, Matthew, it's important for us to, to share this, that in addition to being proud um, uh, of what we've done in terms of uh, publishing uh, books, we also uh, have done, uh, I think, a yeoman's uh, job of helping to uh, open the door for greater opportunities for others, uh, in p- other others, whether they are people of color uh, or whomever, in publishing. Um, when we started, you could not really find many black books in the marketplace. It's, that still is a major problem. But we actually, you know, forced some of the retailers and and the distributors and and wholesalers to carry our books. And by doing that, uh, it helped them understand and recognize that they indeed is a market for these kinds of books. So it helped to open doors. And we've been like fighting for diversity from the beginning, you know, just trying to find our place in the marketplace. And by doing that, I think we've helped to uh, push some doors open. I mean, you've you've been fighting for a place for children to see themselves, fighting for a place for them to have stake. I mean, this is yes, yes, yes. When we keep centering our students, we have to 
we have to believe that that's the right thing. I mean, we talked about. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that that final question, that question about giving a message to children. But before I do, we were talking off recording about children, about centering children, about affirming them, about lifting them up. And I was saying to you, um, among many of the connections I have to you both and to We Rise, We Resist, We Raise Our Voices, one of them is our Credit Scott King Award and how many students read that in these 16 other books and the conversations we had, but also the fact that in today's world, with today's technology, many authors that they connected with are only like a tweet away or a Facebook message away. So being able to be there with them and witness the way that they are reacting and communicating their reactions to individuals like yourselves and and other uh folks that made the books that we were considering was so so powerful to to so so i to to know that in those 30 years that there has been some change mm-hmm. perhaps not as much as we might want there to be but one that for sure we can say there are children seeing themselves in literature now let's keep leaning into this listen to them listen mm-hmm. to the way they're reacting my word that one child that um they were all i should clarify they're all tweeting through my account and i'm teaching them how to tweet <laughs> so this is under that that safety of um learning understanding how to use the tool but um to bring it back to those tweets that you were both aware of the child that that tweeted to tony about his yeah. essay and said, um, what did he say? That He said, my family's from Puerto Rico, and this is the first time I've read a book with characters from there. However we worded that was just like, do you, do you see what happened just by this story, this one story being in this one book that this one librarian happened to read to this one student? There was a connection there, and that connection could mean everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and that, that goes back to the, the point of owning and and speaking your own voice that you can make a difference. One word, one phrase, one moment in literature can really be life changing and life affirming for a child to see themselves, to see I'm in this book. When Wade and I grew up, we didn't have, there were no people of color in any of our textbooks. And uh, I don't even remember trade books uh, before I was maybe 15 or 16 years old. They weren't a part of our lives. The only books that we had were um, uh, the encyclopedia and books that we had in school. Uh, and in those readers, there were all white people. There was there was nobody that looked like us who lived in the country, who lived outside of a suburban, uh, you know, Dick and Jane picket fence kind of thing. So to see yourself and see, wow, that looks like me, or that person has a name, Hannah, like me, that's not Susan or a typical textbook kind of name. There's diversity there. That means that you can make a difference. And if we're speaking to you from our experience, that means that there's somebody in literature writing for you and about you. Yes. And that I, I matter. I, I matter. have value. I have worth. I am important. I am special, you know, and to be robbed of that is criminal. 
to be robbed. And so many of our young people, unfortunately, are robbed of, of, of that. But really. seeing those words in print can really bring yeah. you so much joy. Yeah. You know. And yeah. that was really expressed in the tweets from the students in your class. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh wow, this was about me. Mm. I love this book. I love <laughs> We um we I printed those tweets. I have a bulletin board with our uh I'll I'll include it in the show notes, but with our, our bracket narrowing down those sixteen books to our top four. Um but I have since been printing out all of the tweets that we've gotten, any response we've received at all, I've printed out and put on that board so that the students can see those responses back. They can see mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they were seen, that their mm-hmm. words mattered, they were affirmed. Again, we don't put words out into the world just to get a response. We put them out because it's the right thing to do yes. to express yes. that, but they're yeah. able to be seen. And now your words, along with your book, they're mm-hmm. they're part of us. They're part of our school because they are physically on our wall. So mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. wrap up this conversation, I want to say to you, Cheryl, and to you, Wade, thank you. Thank you for the work that you have committed yourselves to doing for our readers. And thank you for taking time to talk to me about this passion that you have and the way you're working for them. I see it in you and I hear it in your voice. And I'm so, so grateful that life has brought our paths together for this talk. And we want to thank you, Matthew, for what you do. And uh, again, I wish there were more teachers and librarians like you. I know there are many out there who are doing great work. We just need more of them to to really touch the lives of our our children, our students. Yes. So, Cheryl, I'm going to ask you this question. Then, wait, I'll turn to you so that we can center ourselves right back there with these students, with these readers, these learners. Cheryl, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? I would say, Matthew, to just, uh, as in in the contribution that I made to this, uh, in uh, a spiritual, actually, a gospel song, to get on board, and that's something that, we can all do. We can get on board and we can raise our voices through song and through words and through just connecting with one another. Yes. Wade, is there a message that I can bring to, to them yeah, from I, you? Yeah, I've written something uh, to you on email. I don't remember what it is now. <laughs> but what I would say is that um, is so important for all of us but particularly for students, to feel that they are special. So what I would say to them, whatever they attempt to do, wherever they are, to always feel that I am special. This is Darshna Kiani, children's author and book blogger. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.flowering-minds.com forward slash South Asian Kidlet. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear 
care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out with the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Karina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.